0: Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Episode 60, Five Strategies to Spring Clean Your Mind. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose – Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you. So you can live Life Amplified. Henry Rollins said, in winter, I plot and plan. In spring, I move. This is such an amazing time for rejuvenation. I am happy to welcome in the spring and always happy to welcome you back to Life Amplified. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with me today. If you follow me at all on Instagram, and I would love if you do, it would be awesome to connect with you follow me at CSC, Dan Mason, then you've heard me talking a lot about how much the spring season means to me personally. I've always just gravitated toward this time of year. As a youngster, I think a lot of it was just about, you know, the illusion of spring break. And it was a easy way to get out of class and get out of school for a few days to recharge my batteries. But it was also the longer days, the more sunlight. It was more time to shoot basketball in the driveway. It was more time just to get out and be active after a tough winter and the older that i've gotten though i really have started to appreciate the spiritual meaning of this time of year because really at the end of the day spring is about rebirth after death And this is what we see in nature, right? All the seeds that were planted in the winter for new crops, they start to spring forward now and create the new harvest that all the trees and plants that were barren during a particularly harsh winter here in the United States are starting to sprout color again. There's new life coming forward and we see it in nature. This idea of death and then rebirth is also central to every religious celebration that happens this time of year, whether we're talking about Easter and the resurrection of Christ or whether it's Passover and, you know, the rebirth of the Jewish people after years of slavery. But I think the idea of death and rebirth is universal because it really summarizes our experience in our time here on the earth that you and I are going to go through so many metaphorical deaths over the course of our life. Somebody listening to this podcast today is rebounding from a broken heart. You're bouncing back either after a breakup or a divorce. And if that's you, I want you to know I'm with you and I love you. But I will tell you that it took my marriage dying off for me to be reborn and move into a more purpose-driven spiritual journey. You know, I had to hit that rock bottom in order for me to create the life that I have now. My corporate career is something that needed to die off in order for me to launch up a successful coaching business where I've worked with people in 14 countries and to even launch this podcast with a global audience in over 60 countries last time that I checked. And perhaps that's what I love the most about this season is no matter what you're going through, no matter what has died off in your life, spring is the promise of a new day. To quote Paula Abdul. (laughs) I'm about like three minutes into the podcast today and I've already quoted Henry Rollins and Paula Abdul. Take that, Deepak Chopra. And all you spiritual leaders who quote Rumi up Paul Abdul over here on the Life Amplified podcast. In all seriousness, though, spring cleaning is usually a concept that we refer to exclusively with our physical home spaces. It's that Marie Kondo tidying up motif. And I'm all for that, right? I think a lot of times the physical state of our homes are just an outward manifestation of what's happening with us internally. But how do we mentally spring clean? And how do we internally create space for more energy, for better belief systems, and a more empowered mindset that will move us forward into the life that we want? Because it's very likely that you started out this year with the best of intentions. You had some big goals, and maybe some of those you've reached, but some of the other ones just fell off track somewhere along the way, that you got busy, life through some bs in your direction and all of a sudden you weren't aligned with the things that you value most anymore. So that's what this episode is about, is giving you some science-backed tips that are going to help you look at your life and look at this mental feng shui in a new way. And a couple of these concepts, you know, we might have talked about before in the podcast, but never with the data that I'm going to present to you now. So sit back, relax. We're going to help you do a mental feng shui for the spring this week on Life Amplified. Number one, to spring clean your mind. Well, this isn't going to be a tip that you haven't heard before, but I hope I give you some new data that you've never heard before that makes you look at this in a new light and really commit. Number one, you just got to get more sleep it's not a sexy tip. There's nothing exciting about it. Nobody ever hears somebody tell them to sleep more and goes, oh, that's really good. You know, I want to try to implement that into my life. Yet 50 years of neuroscience research, high performance studies have all told us that you got to be getting minimum seven hours of sleep a night. And so many of the clients that I work with are lucky if they're getting six. You know, we just put it on the back burner. We're running ourselves into the ground. We're putting our self-care last. But I want to tell you why sleep is so important today because I was not aware of this until a couple days ago. I found this research from the University of Rochester. They did a study on mice and what they've realized is our brains actually clear out physical debris During the process of sleep, we clear out harmful toxins out of our brain And getting more sleep reduces the risk of Alzheimer's. So how does this work? Well, during sleep, there's a flow of cerebrospinal fluid in the brain that increases dramatically. And it's pretty much like window washer fluid. It just washes away any harmful waste protein that builds up in our brain cells during waking hours. So just think of it as if it's a dishwasher. So the obvious question is, why don't our brains just remove the same waste and debris that's so harmful during waking hours? Here's what the scientists discovered, that the increased flow of this fluid was possible because when mice went to sleep in the study, their brain cells actually shrank. So it made it easier for this fluid to circulate through the brain. When the animal woke up, the brain cells got bigger and the flow between the cells slowed to a trickle. So it was almost as if it was a faucet that gets shut on and shut off, which also really gives us a whole new understanding of why sleep is so important and why we just don't seem to think as well after a bad night's sleep. And not to mention the fact that, you know, in all sleep studies, prolonged sleep deprivation will lead to death in animals and mice. So we've got to get into a resting state in order for this process to happen because the scientists just don't think it's possible for the brain to do both functions at once. It can't cleanse and wash itself while we're walking around awake, being aware of all the surroundings and all the talk and all the stimuli that we're taking in during daytime hours. Now, I am not a scientist by nature, but everything that I've read over the years has said that there are so many links between sleep disorders and Alzheimer's and dementia. So this really gives us a new understanding of what could be in play here and why we need to get more sleep per night. And if you're a person, by the way, if you're just sitting there at five hours of sleep and you're laughing at me out loud when I say that you need minimum seven to eight hours per night, you know, something that I have used as a hack on this show before what we do know is just getting 50 minutes, five zero, 50 minutes more sleep per night can improve your cognitive function by as much as 25% the next day. Nothing sexy here in point number one, but so important. We've got to up the sleep that we get. Our brain health is directly proportional to that. Tip number two to give yourself a spring cleaning for the mind. Well, now we've power washed our brain at night with all this fluid that's circulating around. What do we do the next day? Well, I would tell you that you need to make fewer decisions. So, again, what we've learned through neuroscience research is that we have a little muscle right by the temple of our brain that has this really fancy name that I can't pronounce, but its abbreviation is the ACC. And the ACC is all about willpower. You know, it's the muscle and the part of the brain that is directly associated with willpower. And when you wake up each morning, the ACC is full of energy. It is ready to dive in and start making decisions. But every little decision that you make requires a little bit of energy, and that part of your brain quickly becomes fatigued over the course of the day and it can lead to making less effective decisions the more that you use it. Maybe you wake up in the morning and you do what I used to do, which is check your phone and start swiping on dating apps. Well, every time you swipe, you're taking a little bit of the uh, balance out of your decision bank account for the day. When you're fussing over what flavor of yogurt or what breakfast cereal you're going to eat, You're taking another withdrawal out of that account when you're obsessing over what outfit to wear for the day. It's another decision that you have to make. So a lot of times before you even get into the office, you've already exhausted your decision-making capabilities. By the way, your local grocery store already knows about this concept. Why do you think they stock the end caps at the checkout aisles? with all the sugary candies, sugary chemical-filled sodas, because by the time you spend 45 minutes at the grocery store deciding what organic produce to buy and how to plan a healthy meal, all of a sudden you've worn out your decision bank, you're fatigued when you get to the checkout counter, and then you go, oh, one package of M&Ms won't kill me. Or I want to try this new orange vanilla Coke that I keep seeing advertised on TV. So the grocery store knows that they can get you to make just a couple extra purchases purchases once they place all those temptation foods out at the checkout line i do this all the time like when i have struggled in my dieting i'll be like oh i'm gonna meal plan i'm gonna make i'm just gonna get salads i'm gonna get a lot of vegetables and then by the time i'm mentally thinking through what meals i'm going to plan i get to the front and i'm like oh reese's cups Mm -hmm." i am like the cookie monster except replace cookies with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and I will be all up on that. But let's give you a little more science to go with what I'm offering. Researchers in Israel did a study in 2010 where they watched parole officers in action. They examined more than a thousand parole hearings over the span of about a year, and they were able to make a direct correlation between the decisions being made and the time of day that the decisions were made at. If a hearing was held early in the morning, the parole officers gave a favorable ruling to the inmate about 65 percent of the time. But as the day went on and they became more fatigued, they get closer to lunch. All of a sudden, they were denying all the inmates' paroles. Then after. After an hour away, they came back, recharged, refreshed, and after the break, Back up to a 65% favorable ruling. And over the back half of the day, that number decreased all the way down to 0%. So this gives us a lot of insight into why behavior change is so hard when you're using willpower alone. You know, a person who's trying to give up drinking or smoking, if they're simply going by willpower, that's going to decrease over time. You know, this is why behavior change has to be linked to a strong internal drive that you have to have a bigger why for why you're making that change. There needs to be a purpose bigger than yourself for what you're showing up for. Same thing applies to those of you looking to leave a soul-sucking job. If you're just resolving to yourself that, hey, this is the year I'm going to leave and do the work I really want to do, uh, that willpower is going to continue to diminish as the fear starts to creep up about, oh, my God, where the finances coming from. So this is why, you know, as a coach, when I'm working with you as a client, I'm less worried about what it is you want to create in your life and I'm more concerned with why. But in the meantime, how can we create some actionable steps to reduce the amount of decisions that you make. It would be a fascinating exercise for you for the next seven days to start keeping a journal and writing down every decision that you're making, or at least mentally become aware of it so you can start to list these decisions out and see over the course of a day when your decision making was actually the best. Because what we want to do is eliminate unnecessary or sometimes the useless decisions that aren't moving you forward. For a lot of People that relates to clothing and food. This is why Mark Zuckerberg is wearing the same T-shirt and jeans every time you see him. It's why Steve Jobs always had the same turtleneck and New Balance sneakers. These guys, it's not that they don't care about fashion, but they realize if they're looking in a closet and spending ten minutes deciding what to wear, they're actually reducing the balance in their decision bank account for the day. So capsule wardrobes are actually a great thing, and a lot. A lot of designer labels now are starting to put out capsule lines where you have about the same three or four colors, maybe 10 to 15 total pieces in your closet that could be mixed and matched and they all go together. That way you could get dressed in the dark each day and still leave the house, know that you're looking good. What other decisions could you automate? Could you just use a meal prepping service and have two or three different breakfasts delivered, put in boxes and have them in the fridge so you can just reach in grab something to eat and not even think about how you're going to cook it or where you're going to pull over in the morning to pick up something to eat on the way to the office. On the surface, they seem like very minor decisions, but what we're doing is creating more capacity for you to use your brain power and use your decisions toward the things that matter most in your life. Step number three to spring clean your mind, clear out your technology. And this is one I'm terrible at. I am the guy that on my iPhone and you look at the email icon and there's probably like 31,000 emails sitting in there because I don't unsubscribe from mailing lists that I don't use anymore. I'm terrible about deleting junk email as it comes in. So it just piles up and piles up and piles up over time. I do the same thing. I'm kind of an app hoarder too. You know, I just spent the weekend going through my phone and realizing that there were about 20 apps that I no longer use. They were eating up space on my phone. Again, when we talk about even making a decision, it's so hard to even find the useful things on my phone because I have like all these apps that were really cool three years ago that I don't even need anymore. So this is a great great time to clear out your technology. Maybe you could even blow up your email address and start new with a brand new one that you can get rid of all those marketing and spam email messages too. If that's something that you don't want to do, set aside a couple hours one day and just go on an unsubscribing spree. Anything that's not adding value to your life. I mean, I love shopping at Banana Republic, but they've been having the same 40% off sale every day for the past seven years. I don't need to get those mailers in my inbox. You can also do this on social media. You can unfollow or unfriend the people that are just cluttering up your newsfeed with really negative messages all the time. And one of the greatest inventions I think that's happened in social media in the last two or three years has been the ability just to unfollow or mute people. So if you don't want to go through the drama of somebody knowing that you unfriended them, you don't have to look at their content. You can just literally curate your social media feeds to be the content that's going to make you feel best, that's going to inspire and uplift you. And while you're purging yourself of technology, always a great reminder, again, something we've talked about before on this podcast, watch less of the news. Watch And I'm not telling you not to be an, an uninformed citizen. That's not what this message is about. But realize that most of what we see passed over on any cable station right now are people's opinions masquerading as the news. So go to websites, find the places where you want to stay informed to go there once a day and then cut the garbage out of your life. We want to fill your brain, fill your mind with more things that bring love and light and positivity and energy rather than the things that keep you fearful, scared, miserable, and depleted. Hack number four to spring clean your mind, reconnect with a creative passion or a hobby. And you might be asking yourself, well, Dan, I don't have time for that. How's that gonna help me perform better? How's that gonna help my mind? Because creativity is everything. And for many of us, when we're living in those old trauma-based beliefs about not being enough or why we're not good enough, the opposite of trauma is actually play. So creating some time in your life to do something That lights you up. I don't know what that is for you. Maybe it's playing piano. It could be something like gardening. It could be sculpting. It could be art. For me, I've talked about this on the podcast. I was a musical theater major for a period of time in college. I still love to go perform with community theaters. And now that I'm brand new here to San Diego, I actually just got cast in a production of a musical called Ragtime. So we start rehearsals for that next week. I'm super excited about that. Although I'm playing The Father, which is a little bit. Bittersweet because now I have to come to terms with the fact that I'm old enough to be playing a father, but such is life. (laughs) That's my own vanity. That's my thing that I need to work through. But creativity is everything. You know, even artists like Bob Marley, for instance, a lot of people probably think, oh, he got his best inspiration when he was high, man. For Bob Marley, he would go play soccer for an hour with his friends before he'd go into the recording studio. Some of his best hits were written just by getting. Getting out and playing and being in an environment of creativity and fun and play. So if you're really struggling to find inspiration in your life, well, you got to create that inspiration and trust. From a sense of play, you're going to find more solutions for the challenges that you have. You're going to find more creative problem solving. It really is a game changer. So figure out what that thing is. Maybe it's something that you've always wanted to try and you've never done it. You know, you're gonna go learn to play guitar. You're gonna go learn to play piano. Figure out your thing and get about the business of doing it because play will take your life to a whole new level. And the final hack that I have for you this week about how to spring clean your mind and something that can be really useful if you're working with a coach a mentor or a therapist who can help you even build awareness of these things is do an inventory of your beliefs. We've talked about this even last week with Mandy Morris. What are the things about you that aren't you? You have So many beliefs that don't really organically belong to you, but they were things that were programmed into you by your family. We all have that hardware that we came with, not necessarily factory installed because nobody comes out of the womb feeling like they're a piece of garbage or they're not good enough or they're not smart enough or not attractive enough, right? We came out of mama's womb butt-ass naked, announcing our arrival to the world, kicking and screaming and demanding attention. So if you have parts of you where you want to isolate, if there are beliefs within you, that tell you that your idea is stupid, that you're not enough, we need to get clear on where that comes from because it's simply hardware that was put into you typically before the age of seven. This is why it's so hard for us to disassociate and accept that our beliefs aren't actually true because so many of them we've been rehearsing and been repeated and have played out in our family and social dynamics since early, early, early in childhood. But if we can start to unlearn the things that don't, belong to us, we can really start to reprogram our brain. This is a thing. It's a concept called neuroplasticity. It means we can change any limiting belief to a new belief that serves us better. You know, we can make new neural connections all the time. So what do we need to do to do that? Well, we got to start focusing on what we know to be true. Oprah talks about this a lot. When you hear her speak, she's always like, this is one of the things I know to be true. What do you know without question to be true in your life. You know, if you gave up some of your limiting beliefs and got back to the truth of who you are, how would you choose differently? So there's a variety of ways that you can do this. You could journal once a week about things you know to be true. You could take out a pen and paper today and write down three beliefs that you know to be true. Be careful on this, not the things that you should think are true or any belief that says, hey, I have to be this or I need to do this. But what are the things that you just know, like on a soul level, they sit with you really, really well. It just feels like you're coming home to yourself on those beliefs. And just take inventory of the first handful of beliefs that come to mind, meditate on those. Because the more that you can focus on the empowering beliefs that are really rooted in truth and not rooted in your trauma, then life begins to change. You can slowly reprogram your brain. And it, this I will tell you, this is a very difficult thing to do by yourself. But with the help of the right qualified coach, mentor, therapist, somebody who's got experience in helping people create transformation, you can start to create new beliefs, which in turn will create new results and new outcomes in your life. So those are my five tips for a mental spring cleaning. Number one, we got to sleep more. We are literally washing out physical debris from the brain during our sleeping hours. Number two, we want to make fewer decisions. What are the things that we can just automate, whether it be in our wardrobe, in our diet? How can you make fewer dumb decisions, meaningless decisions, so you can focus on the things that matter? Number three, clear out All your technology, get rid of the apps, the email accounts, curate your social media feed and eliminate the things that do not serve you. Number four, pick up a new hobby or rediscover an old hobby that you used to love because the opposite of trauma is play. You know, when you're in a state of play, you're open to new creative problem solving and decisions. And number five, do a mental inventory and get clear on the beliefs that you know to be true versus the ones that you were conditioned to believe are true And like I said, coaching and mentorship is a great way to accelerate this progress and make it stick. It's a great way to have somebody in your corner to hold you accountable, to make this the year that you stop talking about the things you want to create and actually make it happen. I got a couple spots open right now for my April VIP coaching. I would love to work with you one-on-one. You can find out more about that and fill out an application at my website, creative creativesoulcoaching.net also one thing that I'm just offering here at the end of March that I've never done before are the opportunities for 60-minute intensive sessions with me just on a one-time basis. So it's a chance you and I can work together, do a deep dive without a longer coaching commitment. So if either of those sound appealing, we can jump on the phone, do a complimentary 30-minute discovery call, and talk about which plan best meets your needs, but it is the greatest privilege in my life to work with massive action takers all over the world, helping them build a career and life they love. I would love to do the same for you. And if the content is serving you today, please share this podcast with a friend. I will gladly accept those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple. You can give us a follow on the iHeartRadio app. And don't forget, you can always screenshot the podcast, upload it to Instagram or Twitter. Be sure to tag me at CSC. Dan Mason. We also continue the conversation in our private Facebook group for Life Amplified listeners. You can find a link to that in the show notes. So many ways to connect. I would love to be able to talk to you more about what your takeaways are in this episode. And in the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can live Life Amplified.